Welcome to Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave, streamed on grokshare.com and broadcasted on iTunes and Google Play. You are listening to episode number 51, featuring Richard Dolman, Vice President of the U.S. Entity for Agile 42. Vice President of the U.S. Entity, Entity, of the U.S. Entity, of the U.S. Entity, Entity, Vice President of the U.S. Entity for Agile 42. The topic is smaller and more frequent delivery. Richard is an executive at a global agile coaching company called Agile 42. He is one of the lead agile executive coaches and work with leaders globally to transform and work with leaders globally to transform the way an organization's people work at a sustainable pace. The agile practice uses short iterations called sprints, which are usually two weeks in duration. Richard stated, self-awareness is a critical virtue or characteristic for an agile coach, in my opinion. Richard stated, self-awareness is a critical virtue or characteristic for an agile coach, in my opinion. Before I can help others embrace before I can help others embrace change or help others adapt to new ways, I need to make sure I understand where I am and my role within the organization. I need to understand where I un- I need to I need to make sure I understand where I am and my role within the system. I sat down with Richard to learn more about his inspiration, challenges, discovery, and resilience. I sat down with Richard to learn more about his inspiration, challenges, discovery, and resilience. I sat down with Richard to learn more about his inspiration, challenges, discovery, and resilience. Let's begin with the demographic section. And that demographic section has like name, company, job title, etc. So why don't you just read the labels and then just give your response and then we'll start with the questions. Okay. Name is Richard Dolman, Agile 42, job title, enterprise coach, uh, role in the company or organization. I'm uh, vice president of uh, the U.S. entity. I lead the coaching practice for USA. Service or products provided. Um, Agile 42 is a lean, agile coaching and training company. Uh, We provide uh, leadership coaching, organizational coaching, team level coaching on all things agile and lean. Uh, Current length in your position, I've been with Agile 42 for about three and a half years. Total experience in my field, um, approximately 15 years in agile years in IT business consulting and overall 30 years of total IT and business operations experience. Well, thank you. That's excellent. So let's start with the theme inspiration. So what were some of your experiences that inspired you to start this business or work in this field? So specifically to Agile and Lean, like Like many people, I think I sort of stumbled into Agile and Lean through a series of projects and client engagements. Um, I had uh, spent the first plus of my career 
um, directly out of college, went to work. I was in banking, went to work uh, for a small mortgage banking company. And I spent about 11 years working for that company, growing up in the ranks, uh, was thrown into management fairly quickly. So I learned a lot of traditional management techniques, not all of them good in my mind. Um, but after about 11 years, that organization was acquired. And through that acquisition, I was given an opportunity to, to either relocate or, or move on with my career. And I chose to move on with my career. I got into the consulting world and found very quickly that that type of work really, really connected with me. Um, I liked the nature of going in uh, to try to solve new problems. Every project or every, every new engagement that I went to presented a new challenge for me. So I had to learn on my feet. I had to constantly put myself outside of my comfort zone. And I really enjoyed being a consultant. And through the years of consulting, uh, started to hear more about Agile and experience more about Agile. Uh, as I said earlier, initially it was informally, started picking up a few techniques. Um, after a few years, decided to go get some formal training uh, in Scrum, got my CSM, and that really was uh, kind of a watershed moment for me. Uh, it, it helped me really bring together and effectively codify these things that I had been experimenting with and learning in, in a very specific way. And uh, it was definitely a, a pivotal career moment for me um, in terms of, yes, this is something that, that I believe I wanna do uh, now as part of my career. So from traditional consulting, I started making that transition into really putting my focus into agile consulting. And uh, after a few more years started to expand that and moved into the world of agile coaching. Uh, Back then, it was still, even coaching was still somewhat in the nascent stages of, of uh, people's understanding of what it mean and how it would be applied. Um, but as I started working, again, more at the organizational level and, and working with leaders uh, beyond just helping scrum teams, I really felt that this was uh, a way of working that, that fit with me and that I was really passionate about. So... As I became an Agile coach and continued to uh, sharpen my skills there, I found inspiration further by getting opportunities to collaborate with other people who I was really blown away by their, their level and depth of understanding and, and their thinking. Uh, you know, certainly started putting more emphasis in terms of continuous learning and continuous development, started going to other workshops by other thought leaders we have in the industry. Um, but really inspired by some of the people that I've been, been able to work with uh, over the years in terms of help, helping me understand how to bring that collaboration, how to really look differently. I got an opportunity to work with some, some very impressive individuals and was really blown away uh, by how well they held the principles of Agile and the culture that they brought to it. So today, you know, I, I'm continuously inspired uh, by individuals, including you, that that are continually helping others learn, continually helping organizations improve, and setting a good example for uh, you know just not business as usual, but finding better ways of work and helping others enjoy their work. Let's go on to the theme of challenges. So the first question is: Describe significant challenges experienced in your professional journey. Yeah, um, you know, I've had quite a few. I've, I've been at this for a few years. 
And I've had quite a few challenges throughout my career. You know, if you were to, if I were to draw a journey map of my career, um, there would certainly be some points where it looks like a, a bit of a roller coaster. Um, one of my, most of my earlier challenges, probably if I, you know, as I reflect back on those, really are a, you know, situation where I just was needing to overcome my own lack of experience or my lack of situational self-awareness. Um, early on in my career, I was thrown into some management roles, possibly a little bit prematurely. Um, on reflection, I had two really solid mentors. I didn't really probably appreciate it as well at the time, but in retrospect, I had two really solid mentors that um, gave me the space to, to try things and, and didn't micromanage me. And uh, so I had plenty of uh, mistakes along the early part of my career, but um, they were really great in, in making sure that they used every opportunity where I maybe failed or made, made a misstep uh, to help me from that. Um, and that was something that was really valuable. But certainly early on in my career, it was, it was all these challenges were really based on you know, my lack of experience, my lack of situational awareness, et cetera. Um, one big challenge I encountered that, that really did shape some of my thinking uh, was, I, I mentioned earlier, the company I'd been with for about 11 years was ultimately acquired by a very large corporation. And so I got to see firsthand what that looked like of, of being, being part of uh, a company being acquired and what that was doing to our culture, uh, what that was doing to my own self-worth, to my position in the organization, et cetera. And um, that was a very challenging period uh, during my career. It did not go the way I would have liked for it to have gone, uh, but it taught me some very, very valuable lessons and it opened up the door for me to move into a new career, uh, into the consulting world. Um, you know, as my careers progressed, uh, you know, I think some of the challenges that I, that I, my, I face today even uh, really come to just being self-aware, um, maybe being a little bit too slow to see my own anti-patterns or uh, some self-constraints that I might be putting on myself, either, either seeing opportunities or how I'm dealing with, uh, again, various situations. So that continues to be something that I work on in terms of how I deal with challenges uh, throughout my career. Now, certainly as I've gotten older, I've gotten more experience, you know, I've gotten much more comfortable with dealing with challenges, dealing with things aren't exactly going my way. Um, and knowing that, you know, given time, uh, all things eventually improve and uh, you just need to have a little bit of fortitude and you need to uh, have some resilience to stick with it. Um, from a coaching perspective, you know, some of the challenges that I think I'm, uh, I'm still seeing and focusing on is how I work with leadership, uh, how I can help leaders and organizations uh, at a variety of levels really understand uh, how I can bring the challenges that I've overcome and help them see that and essentially model uh, some of that behavior for them. I do, quite honestly, uh, still occasionally have some small challenges of, of dealing with resistance to change, for example. I, uh, being a, a longtime coach and consultant, you know, I'm effectively a change agent. So I'm, I sometimes get in my own way by uh, being a little bit too enthusiastic about bringing change into an organization or a team. And, and I'm challenged constantly to remember that, uh, you know, not everyone's excited for this change uh, as I might be. So instead channel it into how I help others deal with that change and deal with those challenges. But 
I think all careers uh, or most careers are, are marked with a set of challenges and successes. And uh, each of those for me is, is just, I view them as an opportunity to continue to learn. And uh, even in some of those lower moments of my career, um, I've always taken solace in the fact that things will eventually improve. And as long as I keep moving forward, uh, things will turn out uh, as they were intended. So how did those experiences shape your thinking? That's, that's a great question. I, I think my experiences have definitely shaped, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my self-awareness. And I think that that's one of the self-awareness for me is a critical virtue or characteristic uh, for an agile coach, in my opinion. Um, you know, before I feel like I can help others embrace change, help others adapt to new ways of working, et cetera, you know, I'm, I need to make sure that, I, that I'm understanding where I'm at and, and my role in the system. So that self-awareness is definitely something that shapes my thinking today. Uh, and how I view the relationships within the organization. Um, I hope it provides me a deeper level of empathy and perspective. So when I'm working with others, uh, you know, I don't want to walk in the door and, and try to be viewed as this expert saying, this is what you need to do and this is the right way to do it because much of the work that we do in this space is, is not black and white. It's not a binary right or wrong answer. So there's many, many uh, shades of gray in there. And it's very much about the organization and the environment. So um, the way it's shaped my thinking is, is I, I'm able to reflect on my own challenges um, as well as my own successes, but certainly my own challenges and, and be able to understand uh, how I can transfer that to help others that might be going through some uncertainty. Um, a few of my clients are going through some organizational change right now. And it's creating a lot of uncertainty inside that environment. So a lot of the people that I'm working with, uh, quite frankly, quite literally don't know if they're going to have a job in a few months or where that, if their position is going to be changed, et cetera. I've gone through that myself. So I'm able to, again, transfer my own experiences of being in that uncertain situation and hopefully help coach and guide them through that. Um, back, going back to leadership, uh, being in leadership position myself, having uh, managed large departments, having been responsible for helping people grow and, and, and improve themselves professionally, you know, I try to, to bring that thinking to the leaders that I work with um, and, and help them channel that energy. Um, I do find one thing that's interesting when I'm in some larger organizations that many of the leaders that I talk to and work with uh, feel a bit isolated. They feel uh, that they're not quite working collaboratively with their peers. Oftentimes that's because the environment is, is such that, you know, they're constantly fighting for budget or headcount, uh, et cetera. Uh, so one of the things that I think I can uh, bring to the table that's been shaped by my own experiences is how to balance the responsibilities that leaders have within the organization to properly run the business that they're being asked to run to support their people to, to be a servant leader, but to also build relationships across their peers to make sure that for the organization's benefit, they're, they're doing the right thing and they're able to grow within the organization and, and help them kind of break out of that, that sense of isolation. That is such an excellent um, response. Let's move to the theme of discovery. What techniques or practices did you apply to amplify opportunities 
or dampen adverse results? I'm not really a big, as I would say, not to say this disrespectfully, I'm not a real big health nut. Some might disagree, but um, I do find, quite frankly, that uh, physical exercise and just kind of focusing on, on my body and my mind. I've talked to a lot of uh, individuals that, that, I, that I work with and that I, that I know socially. And, and uh, I live in Colorado, so it's a fairly healthy state here in Colorado. But uh, I do find that um, you know, some regular exercise uh, keeps, helps me manage that stress better. Um, and particularly when I'm going through difficult periods myself, resisting certain temptations that would be counterproductive to my mindset, to, to my energy, to my spirit. So I, I try to leverage exercise as, as a way to kind of stay balanced and, and to keep my stress levels down. Um, I'm not heavily into meditation, but I, I will certainly lean on some light meditation to make sure that my mental state is also uh, staying positive. Uh, part of it's really, in terms of, I wouldn't call it a technique or practice, it's just the experience again, the wisdom of, of being around and, and, and experiencing these things more than once, is that uh, you know, I maintain certain mantras for myself of, of knowing that, you know, as they, the old saying, this too shall pass, and, and knowing that um, at the end of the day, uh, part of you know, the wisdom to know what things I can really control and what things I can't um, is, is really important for me. So I've, I've learned to find techniques in terms of how to channel my energy and, and channel my thoughts into uh, focus on the things that I can, I can control that are within my power. Um, have the wisdom to know that the things that are outside of my power uh, will, will just uh, take care of themselves, so to speak. And, and to then focus on the body to, to make sure that, that you, can, you can continue to move forward. Um, the practices of Agile, I think, are quite appropriate to, to address here um, because whether it's personal or within your team or within an organization, you're, you're not always going to be in control of, of change. And again, sometimes change is positive form, sometimes it's a negative form. Um, when it's unexpected, when it's uh, unpredictable, it again can bring stress to you. So, you know, being adaptable, uh, adhering to these values and principles that, that I profess professionally are also important personally. So being able to adapt to change, being open to the reality of change um, is something that, that I think is, is a practice that can be applied personally. Now, the flip side of that is I often talk about Agile is also being uh, a very disciplined mindset as well. So it's an adaptive, but it's also a disciplined mindset. So I wish I was more disciplined. Um, I find that I'm sometimes not as disciplined as I would like to be. So one of the other techniques or practices that I will apply uh, as needed is, is reminding myself that that discipline is, is going to help me stay centered. It's going to help me deal with uh, change, adversity, etc. So I, I try to use all of those together um, as I need to and, and try to make sure that I'm overall focusing on balance. The next question, so what creative or innovative ideas allowed you to achieve your organization's or personal goals? 
this was uh, this is a tough question for me uh, quite honestly i don't uh, i don't necessarily think of myself as um, not to sound too self-deprecating here but i don't necessarily think of myself as terribly creative or innovative um <laughs> quite frankly i'm a big believer in uh not uh, you know not trying to reinvent the wheel and, and if there are uh practices or ideas that i can look to and i can i can adopt i'm going to be very quick to uh, jump on someone else's bandwagon or ride some other innovators coattails um i would say that what i look to in terms of uh, innovative ideas to achieving a certain goal is is really whether again it's a personal goal or organizational goal is is really about creating the environment for innovation and creativity to happen so uh, whether it's creating your own block out distractions that you can stay focused and have the discipline to really uh, put in the work to achieve one's goal but for me it comes to setting up that environment and making sure that um, at a personal level we ultimately can have some level of control over our personal environment again those things that we allow to creep in whether it's uh, self-doubt or or lack of trust versus having that confidence that you know whichever path i take to achieve this goal is the right path because i'm clear on what that goal is and i'm, I'm able to create create my own space at the organizational level, it can be much plunging because obviously you've got multiple dynamics at play. So the, I don't know if it's necessarily innovative, but again, focusing on creating the right space for teams and organizations to focus on working on those goals. Uh, a lot of organizations and teams just get lost in the idea of just doing a bunch of work. Um, and there's so much in front of most teams today there's you know there's a huge imbalance in most organizations that i work with in terms of you know the supply and demand question right there's so much demand on organizations and teams right now and there's much less capacity for them to take on those demands so um, one way to deal with that is is to find some creative ways to better manage the demand and to balance that demand a lot of Teams and organizations just feel like we just need to keep saying yes to every request that comes in, and and ultimately everyone's overwhelmed, and your productivity starts to decrease, etc. So, um, looking at at ways to uh, set up an environment to create space for individuals to to have have time to think. I encourage clients that I work with um, to explicitly create opportunity activity and innovation whether it's on a weekly basis or a month monthly basis deliberately create opportunities or provide space for uh, people to to think about new ways of working think about new ways of solving problems um, most people that i work with are, are very interested in trying to solve problems but the burden of just staying on top of the workload tends to drown that out so um, creating innovation space, whether that's setting up communities of practice or setting up specific events designed inside the organization to allow people to uh, kind of block away the noise of the daily tasks and then think uh, about what they can do to help move things forward, help actually uh, bring something unique to the table, I think is a very important uh, aspect for organizations to consider. So let's move to the theme of resilience. 
So imagine that you are a fingernail away from achieving your dream and you ran out of resources. What would you do? Well, being an agilist at heart, um, I try to uh, not get in that. My ways of defining the agile mindset is, is that we, we anticipate that things are going to change. We anticipate that, you know, in the face of certain amount of uncertainty, you know, how would we approach either solving a, a problem or achieving a particular goal? So, you know, if we're able to think about what it is we're trying to achieve and then work in a way that is adaptive, that is iterative, that allows us to find um, the, the shortest path to that goal, but also make sure that we have the ability to to uh, understand when we might pivot, et cetera. So quite frankly, my hope would be that, uh, you know, if I get a finger, fingernail away from achieving a particular goal, that I've already uh, done enough so that uh, if it's a resource question, that I've, I've achieved enough, that, that the things that I've done first, in my first of, let's say, 100 steps toward this goal, that those first steps, those early steps, were the most valuable steps. Um, in a more tangible sense, if, if I'm truly faced with a situation where I'm fingernail away from, from achieving something, um, my, my reaction would be to, to look around and see who I could uh, collaborate with. Are there other options that I could bring to the table that would help me continue to move forward, either finding new sources uh, to help contribute to this or finding alternate ways to ultimately finish the journey. Um, you know, if, if I'm able to say, you know what, we've, we've come close enough to achieving the goal, we, we could have a good definition of if we're still not quite there, um, be to look around and find others that I could uh, lean on and collaborate with that could give me some options from a resource perspective or that could help me help me see a different way to achieve that goal under those constraints. Um, I do believe in, in taking this uh, theory of constraints mentality into trying to achieve any goal and understanding what obstacles are going to be in front of us and how do we deal with those obstacles so that we can continue to move forward. So, you know, hopefully we've achieved uh, and dealt with most of those obstacles before we get to the, the bitter end there. And, and the rest is uh, a matter of, of just putting the final touches on, uh, on that goal. Okay. So describe a time when you have to demonstrate courage and tenacity in the face of obstacles. I've got a lot of different scenarios come to mind uh, when asked that question. Um, Again, I've had a, a fairly long and, and uh, I, I guess I would say uh, interesting career. Um, it's certainly had its share of obstacles. Um, and I'm not sure how much courage was involved here, but a couple of examples. Uh, I'll go back to, I mentioned earlier, company I worked for for the first 10 or 11 years of my career. Uh, we, we were ultimately acquired by a very large corporation. And uh, that was a very challenging time for me. Uh, I was the VP of the company at the time. Uh, I had uh, a quite large number of staff that looked to me for leadership. And um, I found myself in a situation really twofold uh, in, in, in the context of this question of I was certainly 
facing my own uncertainty of, of where my role was going to end up and was I going to have a, a role? Was I not going to have a role? Uh, how was I going to work with this new group of leaders that were stepping in, taking over the company, et cetera. But in parallel, I had uh, a staff, uh, a pretty good sized staff of, of loyal, dedicated, hardworking people uh, that I had built relationships with over the years that, that I needed to make sure were taken care of as well. So uh, that period of time for me was, was very challenging. And I essentially subordinate my own ambitions uh, and my own job security to make sure that others were being taken care of. So I had a couple of situations where, you know, I, I needed to make sure that uh, some individuals' jobs were protected and that they were being given the benefit of, of knowing that their jobs were being protected. I remember specifically there were a few single mothers that, that uh, were on my staff and, and they, there's a lot of, uh, uncertainty and, and uh, nervousness uh, about their futures. Uh, how are they going to continue to provide for the children? You know, I definitely had to, to work to make sure that, that those individuals' jobs uh, weren't at risk. And for those jobs that were at risk, I, I had to work hard to make sure that there was transparency and um, that they knew as best possible what was happening. Um, you know, anytime you go through a corporate acquisition like that, there's there's not a lot of transparency uh, at times and things are kept very quiet and close to the vest until, you know, people are presented with pink slips, those sorts of things. So that's one example where I, I had to, uh, you know, work hard to kind of not worry about my own career or my own job security and make sure that first and foremost, I was, I was taking, making sure everybody else was being taken care of, or at least being uh, shown some decency when their jobs were being cut. Um, and as it turned out, ultimately, all that secure either. And, and I had to kind of work through the, you know, this process of, because uh, we had to go through some, um, it was a financial services company acquisition. So we had to go through uh, various vetting processes with the SEC. Was, although I knew that my job security was, was not there, I had to continue to work through, uh, you know, doing my job and making sure that things were getting uh, properly handled there. Another maybe less dramatic uh, example was I was working on a project in New York. Uh, this was a few years later and uh, we had a client relationship that was a bit volatile. And we also, there was another consulting company in that client as well. So there's a bit of a power struggle going on between who was, who was leading these programs and, and uh, who was having the, the senior executives ear, et cetera. And there was one individual or two, um, from this other consulting company that were uh, quite toxic in their style and uh, tend to bully and threaten, et cetera. And um, I, uh, one very brief story, we're all in this conference room together and uh, it had been very stressful for the previous several weeks because these individuals were uh, treating people with not a lot of respect and, and putting a lot of pressure on everyone and, and um, sitting in this meeting and I'm here listening to this, this one gentleman really berate uh, his team and uh, one by one, just criticizing and threatening and criticizing and threatening. And then um, he continued down the line until he got to my team and then continued to the same behavior with some of my team members. And one of my team members spoke up and in fact was defending others from the other company, at which point this, this executive said, well, you're fired. 
and literally on the spot tried to fire him and have him escorted out of the room. And I had to step up and, and again, uh, not only protect him, but protect everybody that was, that was being uh, treated uh, poorly. So I don't know if I would call that courage. You know, when I think of courage, I think of individuals that are out there fighting real social injustice, but on a much smaller scale, um, my definition of courage in the context of, of my career, my work is, you know, I try to take care of others and try to protect others uh, when there's abuse happening uh, or uh, people are treating people disrespectfully. And uh, that's just something that I feel is, is part of my role. And I've got, you know, a few ex examples of the past where hopefully I've been able to, uh, to kind of take a bullet or two for a few people and hopefully help them uh, throughout their career. Wow, that was great. You know, I'm, I really, I'm really grateful for the time that we have had together today um, to learn more about you and, and your story. And I'm sure our audience will also be very appreciative of what you have to share. So, I mean, thank you so much for being a, what I call an elastic mind where, you know, you're showing innovation and, and tenacity and, and really putting up the good fight for leading organizations to be more agile so that they could achieve their goals. So thank you so much for your time today, Richard. Well, I appreciate you having me. And I think it's a fantastic topic that you're working on. And, and I think that, um, yes, we, we, we all go through ups and downs in our careers and to uh, understand how to deal with those challenges, how to be resilient, and how to seek that inspiration when we see it, I think is a very important message to be conveying. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity and inclusion training. Thank you, Agile Alliance, for the Meta Pro account sponsorship. Learn more about Agile Alliance at www.agilealliance.org. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays program. Visit www.fivesaturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? on Amazon.com. You will also find his book, Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Null Share with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Null Share with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. This podcast is produced by Dr. Dave Cornelius. Copyright 2018, Nalshare. Share.